on this episode of the Sports Needle Podcast. We talk about the Seattle Mariners getting swept by the Houston Astros. Quinn Dunbar rejoining the team. The basketball bubble, star of NBA playoffs, and Dame Dollar hitting the clutch shots for Portland to get them in the playoffs. And finally, Seattle Storm popping off to a 10-1 midseason record. Chip on the way. Enjoy. All right, you know what really gets my gears grinding, man? Y'all ever have, like in high school, those Socrates, whatever, Socrates arguments where y'all got to sit in the circle and you got to be all respectful and argue? What grinds my gears is we all go through that shit, but none of us apply that once we get out of high school. Shit's fucking free zone, like food war. I'm throwing shit at you. You're throwing shit at me. Fucking mudslinging shit like that. So... On this episode, we're talking about the Pac-12 unity movement, and what gets me going is this isn't like a nice little debate going on between uh, the unity movement leaders such as Cassidy Woods and the coaches. No. What it is is a very one-sided conversation that already has the door shut, but the thing with arguments is you're not going to get anywhere if one side doesn't want to do it. If the door's shut in your face, how are you going to even walk in? You know, so like what gets it going is the issue is this. Cassidy Woods has been trying to communicate with his coaches for over a month now to try and get issues that the movement is bringing up to light and to get them fixed and resolved. But he can't do that when the door's closed in his face. It's like in sports when uh, you're Tom Brady and you decide to deflate the balls, but then... I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, got no, I got no clue. Got this you. is my first you. monologue. I, I got you. Huh? It's, it's like when Tom Brady, right, he's deflating the balls out here, and people are screaming at him, for doing that, but they don't got any proof, any evidence, right? Patriots fans are saying it's all a uh, conspiracy. But it's one side. Everyone's already determined that, you know what, Tom Brady's the bad guy. But that's sports, and that's okay there, because, you know what, it's the Patriots. Who cares? We don't like them. But in real life, though, in real life, Isaiah, what happens? We don't get anywhere, man. We're just stuck in a loop, and it's never going to change. And we can't have that happening. Like, if we want to hit on the Patriots forever, we can stay on a loop. You know, like let's keep it going, right? I, I I'm all I'm all for that, but in real life, we gotta have a conversation, and we gotta be communicating from both sides. You know, gotta practice that Socrates circle, man. And the main goal here shouldn't be just to convince the other person that you're right. It shouldn't be that, cause that just makes someone want to not agree with you even more. Like, yo, Isaiah, the Earth is flat, and if you don't believe this right now, you're like evil does that make you oh, want to shit. believe the earth is flat no not really <laughs> terrible example wait wait shouldn't it make me believe it because then i want to not be evil but do you care <laughs> from someone who's screaming in your face ah that's true i'd be like you're fucking dumbass look at this shit yeah yeah well, yeah pull up the 20 foot long gopro pole and show you that the earth is round <laughs> have you seen that video no i don't know i think yo, i might yo, have yo. saw it on tiktok or some oh, shit yeah. We got reeled in, man. Reeled in. Oh, oh, my bad, my bad. Anyway, so back to the point, back to the point. I thought, my bad shit. Um, but the point is, is 
we got to be able to be open-minded to have a conversation. If you're not willing to hear the other side and realize like what they're trying to say, even if you disagree with it, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to be able to take someone else's opinion. Otherwise, you can't have an argument. It's not an argument anymore. You're just trying to shove your beliefs down their throat if you're not willing to hear their side as well. Now, that's not to say you can't convince someone with your argument, but you have to understand theirs first. That's, a, that's why counter-arguments and counterpoints exist. Uh, if they didn't, I mean, if we didn't want to listen to other people's opinions, then we wouldn't have counter-arguments in the first place. Problem here, right? In society, it's, it's the same reason why I started this podcast. The same reason we don't go political on this podcast is because everyone is trying to do that. They don't want to acknowledge counterpoints. It's either it's black and white, you know, solid color, right? No middle ground, no nuance to the situation, no recognition that the other side may have merit in some point, you know? And that's what we're just asking you. Like, listen to our interview. You Maybe you support this movement, maybe you don't. Just listen. Acknowledge the other side. Acknowledge that they have an argument that whether you agree with it or not is not our problem. It's not your problem. It just hear it out, you know? Ban We're just mind. out here trying to give you the news. Not the news. The sports needle update. Yeah. That's news. <laughs> <laughs> that is just news. Just okay, related okay. to Seattle sports. Anyways, going on, I hope you enjoy our interview with Cassidy Woods as well as our updates on sports today on episode 8, starting now. You should do a podcast about the podcast, right? And you use it to pay for your college tuition, and then you start a podcast network, and you do 10 podcasts every day about the Suns. I want to uh, beats the world for tennis. I did. We, we all want the same goal. We want to go win that world championship. This is the Sports Needle. Let's go, boys! All right, everybody. We are here for episode eight of the Sports Needle podcast. Um, this is the second episode since the start of the after the midseason break. So we're going to keep that energy going. We got our animation team working on stuff right now, aka me, because Noah's on vacation. Um, <laughs> one quick thing, uh, if you saw on our social media, the recent animation featuring Isaiah and Aaron race, uh, I just want you all to know, shout out Isaiah, that if you see the tree in the background, that's cause Isaiah wanted it. And, um, <laughs> don't guess on the tree. It made me, uh, I stayed up from 10 PM until 3 AM working on that tree in game. Oh my goodness. So, um, please appreciate it. Yeah. Go give it a like. Yeah, or just play my day for being trash because I was tired. Um, let's move into this though, though, right? Mariners, yes, sir. Were swept by Houston. They lost all four games. Um, <laughs> leave it to the Mariners to keep losing. Yeah, I think it was the day after we recorded our uh, last episode with the Grant that they lost. They were down. They gave up nine runs in the first inning. And didn't you say this was going to be their year? Yeah. Yeah. Next year. <laughs> next year. <laughs> um, uh, that should be their logo. Maybe not this year, but next year we'll we'll go to finals. They, they'll playoffs, but um, at least. I don't care about finals, I just want playoffs. But, um, <laughs> they didn't they, even do that last year. They lost two really close games, you know, so that's cool, right? It's better than losing them from far away, I guess. Yeah. 
And um, pitching's been great other than that game where we had Nestor Cortez start. He had no business starting. He went one-third of an inning. But um, we picked up Brady Lale, I think his name is, and um, just Sheffield had another quality start. The pitchers are really blossoming. Kyle Lewis is still popping off. JP's getting hotter. Um, so it's exciting, I guess. But, yeah, that's all I got to say about it right now. Keep watching. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the tree right now. Oh. <laughs> That's a beautiful tree, Connor. I know, man. Um, Absolutely gorgeous. I learned how to Anyways, <laughs> continuing on with the sports news. No, no, literally though, I looked up on YouTube how to draw a tree on Adobe Animate. When you told are me you that. serious? You, oh you my know goodness. what's so funny? I texted Noah that he's like, "Why are you still up?" I'm like, "Isaiah told me to make a tree." He told me he told me he already made the tree, but he took it out because it looked weird. Oh my goodness! <laughs> but you know, he did all the work for you. Yeah, yeah. But here we got next thing, big news: Seahawks. They got the train camp uh, running, as we said last time. Quinn Dunbar was not prosecuted. He joined the team. Um, today is Monday, the seventeenth. So he was practicing out there today. Isaiah, man, how do you think his teammates feel about uh, this? You think they got any thoughts on um? <laughs> what was he? What was what was he charged with again? Um, armed robbery and assault. <laughs> I'm sure they're probably not inviting him to any house parties anytime soon. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's just casing the house. <laughs> just no no poker games, I guess. You know. You that know, like, too, yeah. I understand. It gets intense, you know. If you lose some money, well, I mean, I haven't been on that side. But if you're Hunter and Nick, oh, you weren't here when that happened. Oh, <laughs> did they lose a lot of money? Yeah. How much? Um, I think I won forty bucks off of them. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah. Way to hustle, Connor. Way to hustle. No man, I know. And that was back when I didn't know what I was doing. So when we watch the Switch, guys, you gotta catch me on a uh, up free poker. Watch the skills and catch Isaiah on uh, what do you play Isaiah? Play inside CSGO, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'll gamble CS:GO. Watch me. I'll get all the skins. Okay, so um, yeah, that's about it for Seahawks. I know they're gonna try Marcus Blair at the nickel this year instead of uh, Ugo Amandi. See how that works. They want to keep him incorporated. They're gonna have Dunbar on left, uh, Shaq Griff on right, with um, Quandre Diggs on uh, the free safety, and um, our new guy Jamal Adams on the uh, strong side. So exciting defense here. Um, hopefully we have a football season. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see, especially with how college is going right now, too. Yeah, yeah. I was I was looking, some dude on Insta was posting, they think that the 49ers will be the, they're one of the top teams who won their division last year who will probably end up last in their division this year, you know? Are you just saying that because I'm a 49ers fan, or is this a legit? <laughs> both, both. I mean, like, this guy was doing a um, prediction of, like, of the teams that won their division, who's the most likely to drop off, you know? Obviously, Patriots um, are the big candidate, especially with all the guys out this year, but... It, Brady. Yeah. Well, Gronkowski. Not, not that, but, like, um, was it Daphne Gilmore opted out? The McCourty twins opted out? Their O-line guy, I forgot his name, he opted out. Um, so, yeah. But... No, I, I, I rep George Kittle, man. I'm a 49ers fan for their players. As much as I shouldn't be saying that on Seattle Sports. I was going to say. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, next thing, basketball. You know, we got the NBA playoffs. Uh, 
if you're all fans of sports, you probably saw a damn time on Saturday whoa, popping off against the Grizzlies. Mello doing his stuff, CJ. And, um, yeah, the Grizzlies, man, good team. They just, they're not ready this year. They're too young. Brandon Clark, you know, from Gonzaga is on that team. He had a couple of dunks. He had a couple of blocks. So that's cool to see. But um, today was the first day of NBA playoffs. It's Monday. So all the top seeds won. Kind of boring day. Oh, it's already on playoffs? Yeah, man. You got to you got, you got do your research. They just started, like, last month. You're, you're on DoorDash. <laughs> yeah, you're on DoorDash, right? That's your job? Yeah. Yeah, so... You gotta be on there. Oh yeah, dude! They sent me. They sent me an email today. It's talking about how like today would be a good day to dash because the NBA playoffs are going. <laughs> I was going to, but then I was just like, nah, fuck this shit. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you gotta have it running in your car. You know, you got your, get your, bring your TV. In just there. start talking to the dude about the game. <laughs> Yo, bro, can I sit on like <laughs> the yeah. about to shoot three pointer? Come on, and then slide, slide, in, slide in the IG. Oh, uh, you're right, you're right. Hey, man, I got this podcast, bro. Like, you want to you check it hey, out? I was actually thinking about making some business cards you could pass out to your DoorDash customers. That's probably against <laughs> yeah, policy. That's, that's, uh, I'd have right, to look into it. Yeah, right before you're about to quit, you know? I could do it a tax write-off, say that's part of, like, my uh, business expenses. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's good, that's good. Big brain, big brain here. But, um, Anyways... Yeah, so other than, what was it, Raptors crushed, I think the, who else was it? Oh, the Nuggets won, shout out to Aaron, he's a fan. Um, Sixers lost in a nail-biter, it was, it was, it was terrible. It was terrible, they brought my hopes back up, like literally, it was, they were down by 10, I was like, this game's over, I turn it off, I check my phone, because I can't resist, right? And they're only down by 3, so I'm like, hey, let me check it back on. And then they proceed to lose. But, you know, they had, they had nine turnovers in the first half. 13 points off those turnovers. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, I know this is a Seattle Sports Podcast, and you guys probably don't care about the Sixers, but I do, so I'm going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> what a great host. <laughs> I don't care what you want. <laughs> well, it's cool. We'll make them fans. I mean, we don't have Seattle basketball, so what are we going to do, right? That's fair. That's fair. So, um... If Chris is listening, Ben Simmons isn't playing, so Chris is a Ben Simmons fan. Um, so that's kind of sad. Uh, Tease, Matisse Seibel, man, he was popping off, though. He's having some steals, blocks, and beat, tried some threes, he couldn't date done. Um, Isaiah, you got any opinion on the Sixers? <laughs> I like the name. <laughs> yeah. You think they can win? Uh, you say no, you're fired. Rap- Yes, they're gonna win. Gang, let's go. Okay. Did you just say they just lost their game? <laughs> yeah, but they're gonna win the series. What are you talking about? Uh, Against the Celtics. The Celtics are weak. Um, uh, just moving on. Last thing we want to cover: Seattle Storm. Isaiah's been following this. I know Seattle Storm no. are ten and one to finish out their first half of the season. Holy crap! Yeah. First half and they're jam. They crushed. I forgot who it was. I think it was Liberty, a hundred to sixty, which is just embarrassing. Um, Wait, Stubert's... did you say this is women's soccer? No, basketball. Oh, my bad. <laughs> soccer's 101. Or 160. Yeah, I know. That's why I was, like, so confused. I was like, holy shit. Talk about a fucking blowout. Yeah, no. Nah. scoring by 10 points. <laughs> but, so, you know what? Seattle's got a championship ring coming soon. In the next month, so stay tuned on that. Um, Nothing else covering the sports world. You got anything, Isaiah? <laughs> uh... Go sports. <laughs> I that, yep. um, uh, Ken Griffey, I was on like a hang glider thing, but it was an airplane. 
hang glider, you know? Oh, okay. I think I kind of know what you mean. Like, like it doesn't the engine on think, the back? No, I don't think. No, no, no. Like, a hang glider, but, like, with all the people that would fit in an airplane. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's real. No. That's why it's a dream. But, um, yeah, and he handed me his cap and it was autographed and he said, I'll pop on your podcast. So, you Ooh, know. Is, is that future vision right there? Your third eye opening up? Yeah, but right before that, I was having a dream about some dude brutally stabbing me through the chest 20 times. So, Oh, so maybe maybe not. Maybe you we shouldn't have your dreams you, you, you got to have some sacrifices. <laughs> so you're going to get stabbed in the chest, but hey, you get a signed autograph. So I mean, And an interview. So That's true. So, I mean... Um, I would take the trade personally. Yeah. <laughs> but this that said, like we said earlier, we got Cassidy Woods from uh, Wazoo Wide Out um, on here the show for the interview. So check it out. Enjoy. And um, yeah. All right, everybody. Welcome back to uh, episode eight of the Sports Neil podcast. Joining us today, we have Mr. Cassidy Woods from Wazoo, a wide receiver, and. Um, He's been in the news a bit lately, and we just wanted to, we're lucky to have him, and uh, we wanted to share a story, so so real quick, just for uh, people who are unaware, I'm sure you told this story, uh, I don't know how many times, countless times in the past week, but can you run us through the uh, situation? Yeah, so about like three weeks ago on Saturday, I called my coach, um, Coach Rolovich, and just told him, you know, that I will be opting out for the season due to me having sickle cell trait. And I just never did like hear anything or felt comfortable with all the safety protocols, you know, on traveling throughout the season. And then also I'm a part of this Pac-12, we are United movement as well. And I told him about that. And then he proceeded to tell me it's one thing to be a part of this movement and opt out. And it's another thing to opt out for, you know, COVID. And so, that's when he told me to take out everything on my locker, um, dismissed me from all team activities and took me out of our team group chat. And yeah, man, I was basically cut. So I found that out Saturday night. This stuff didn't go public till like Sunday night. And so, yeah, um, after the whole call with my coach, I texted my AD and was just like, hey, it seems like, you know, I basically was cut from the team. Um, can you just call me at your earliest convenience? And get back with me. So he calls me like Sunday early in the afternoon around like one or two. And he told me that he was proud of me for like standing up for what I would believe in, but proceeded to side with my coach and, you know, dismiss me from my team as well. And, you know, still haven't heard from Coach Rolovich. I talked to my AD uh, and, you know, they didn't even apologize at all and pretty much, you know, just said that they'll keep me on scholarship. For this fall semester and then i just got to figure out what to do after that jeez and so um adding on to that so with the pac-12 do you want to talk about that just a little bit too just to give our audience for those that don't know what the pac-12 unity movement is yeah so this whole um unity movement started i want to say like the first week of july and so it started with the Cal football team and the whole brains behind this whole movement is the dude named Andrew Cooper. He's a, a grad student and runs track for uh, Cal Berkeley. And yeah, he studies um, the injustices of college football and just college collegiate sports as a whole in NCAA. And so he's writing his, I want to say, 
his thesis to get into the master's program in Cal. And so that's what he's writing about. And so then um, he reached out to me and my other teammate, Dallas Hobbs, who were like the two representatives for WSU, for this We Are United movement. And we just continue to, you know, just grow from there, just talking to different teams across the pack and just seeing like how many guys would be interested into being a part of this movement and just continually growing from there. Okay. Um, and so what was your relationship with uh, Rolovich before this event? Like, were you guys close or was he always kind of, I guess, like not really a good coach? And I guess in a way, like connecting with you, like, did he always seem distant and kind of against whatever you did? Um, Still to this day, like, I don't have anything to say bad about Coach Rolovich. He's a, he's a good coach. He's a player's coach. Um, He just handled this whole situation poorly. It was just a miscommunication. Um, it's horrible that I still haven't heard from him or like got an apology from him. But at the same time, I mean, I don't have anything bad to say about him. Like he's brought me food to my house. He, you know, he's been there for my team when my teammate had passed away. So, I mean, he's a good coach. He does everything for us, you know, really hears us out when we have questions to ask him and everything is just that I wasn't expecting for him to react like this. Cause me and Dallas, we told him about this movement weeks prior. And he seemed pretty supportive. So when he changed up after that call, it was just really shocking. Yeah. And because uh, I know publicly he came out immediately, or I don't know immediately, but quickly after, right, saying that it was a miscommunication and he didn't mean to phrase it that way, that he supported you. and But he still hasn't gotten back to you yet, though? Like no personal communication? Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't communicated with, with me at all. And it's just crazy that he would go out in the media and say that that he supports the movement when on the phone call, it clearly showed that you weren't supportive of it. And if that's the case, if he was supportive of it, more of my teammates would have been more comfortable you with, you know, opting out and being a part of this movement as well. So it's just a it's just a lot of contradiction on their part with my school for them to say that they support the movement when in reality they didn't. Yeah. And um, I was just reading that the president of Wazoo, Mr. Schultz, I believe his name is, he said in an article on uh, cougars.com that he was going to reach out to you directly um, on August 7th. Has he done that yet? No, he hasn't. And that's what's, an- that's what's so funny about this whole situation. Like, they've been talking to the media, and I have to find out on Twitter of them trying to communicate with me instead of them texting me or just emailing me, you know? So. Yeah. That's what's been crazy about this whole situation. Yeah, that uh, got to be really frustrating on your part, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like they're doing just a lot of damage control. It doesn't seem like they're actually trying to fix the issue. but I know, for sure. Look like. Yeah, they're just trying to take the attention off the school, which, I mean, it has taken a lot of heat. But at the same time, like, they can e- easily right this wrong and make amends with this whole situation. They could have done that a long time ago, but they failed to do so. Hopefully, um, you'll get some communication in the next uh, month or so, man. Hopefully, that gets cleared up. But if not, good that we're getting the word out, you know. But so what I'm curious about is that if this uh, gets resolved and let's say Corona is on the decline in um, spring, are you, do you think you come back and play in the spring season? Um. Well, for me, it's just like, why be here any longer if they already – you know, pretty much figured out their resolution with me. So for now, I'm just looking to go back home and finish out this semester and then go from there, to be honest, because it's like the signs are telling me that they don't want me here. So why stay here? You know? 
So for me, but at the same time, if this whole virus does go to a decline and it and they the NCAA and all these conferences have shown that they have protocols and you know different things in place to ensure that we be safe traveling during the season, then of course I'll play. Like nobody wants to play more than the athletes. It's just that there has not been any plan in place that we're sure that we'll be safe while traveling and, you know, competing. Yeah, especially uh, with that new study, the heart condition. I'm not sure if you saw that. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. That's so scary, man. Like, before it was more about, like, for if you're younger and you're an athlete, you've got a pretty good chance of coming through and just recovering from it. But it's more about caring for the elderly and stuff. But now, you don't you don't want that life-threatening uh, condition, especially for you, but for any athlete, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's just crazy. Like, it's so many... It's been young people dying, too. I know one dude in Washington who was in high school, when he graduated, he died. He passed away about, I want to say, a week ago. So it's just it's just really sad. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Um, So I know, like, obviously, it doesn't sound like at all that you're really going to look at, like, obviously, Washington State kind of put their position with you. Mm-hmm. But obviously, I mean, being an athlete, you love the sport and the game itself. So have you looked at maybe transferring colleges at all, if anyone would be willing to take you? And playing yeah, if anybody, yeah, I'm not picky at all when it comes to a school giving me another opportunity. I'm not, but I haven't really, I'm still looking into, you know, being in the transfer portal and making sure I go in it at the right time. So that's just all I'm, you know, just trying to do my research on as for now. But as far as any schools showing interested, I'm interested in all schools. I'm not picky at all. Like wherever school gives me the best opportunity and wants me, that's where I'll go. So uh, I'm not sure if you can say this right now, but would you say that the door is shut with Wazoo for next year, or or is that something you're just gonna have to let it see play out? I'm gonna just let it see play out, you know, more and more. But as for now, with what they, with the actions they've taken place, I would say as of now, that's how I feel. Okay, okay. You should uh, come to UW next year, man. I'll cheer you on. <laughs> Right. Don't tell me, don't tell me y'all are going to UW, please. Yeah, man, I'm sorry. I'm... No, it's all good. No, it's all good. <laughs> Seattle's fun. I don't blame you. That's what I'm saying. You get the purple and gold for next year, man. <laughs> we'll get the sign out there. We'll get the sign out there for you. I'd really be hated if I went to our rivalry school. We'll get the whole squad, man. Like, we'll, we'll support you down here. And, uh, yeah, man, we got you. We got you. But, um, so I think that wraps it up for, uh, personal situation going on unless you got something anything you want to add no, on. I don't. Um, oh. oh no you can go Isaiah you can go you can go my bad I, I was wondering like before all this went down what were you hoping for this season man I was really looking to start because you know I had to I had to wait my turn like football is a sport where you got to wait your turn like it's really hard to come in and play as a true freshman like you have to be in the right situation and you got to be that dude if you do come in and play as a true freshman but I had um Esau Winston and Dez Padman in front of me Oh yeah, and so they left for you know the NFL this year, and so I was competing for the starting job this year. So I had high expectations for myself. Yeah, man. From uh, what I was looking at, it kind of seemed like you were primed for a breakout year. Hopefully. Yeah, I know, but it's just crazy how everything unfolded. But I know everything's gonna work out for the better. I'm not really worried about the whole situation because I know what I stood up for is right, and you know it's just time to demand change, so it can be better for future athletes who come, so they won't get exploited and all that stuff most definitely and uh you got another year to get prepared man oh yeah for sure yep top notch so uh let's move on let's focus on the pac-12 unity movement here 
Yeah. Um, first thing I wanted to ask, though, is from what I've heard, you're uh, really involved around campus in uh, multiple organizations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know you, uh, I saw you were part of the Student Athlete Advisory Community uh, with uh, Dallas Hobbs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your uh, role in that? And uh, what other groups are you involved in? So I'm involved in SAC, Student Athlete Advisory Committee. I'm a part of that. And then my role is just, you know, the football representative. Me and Dallas are football representatives for our team. And it's just mostly just, you know, seeing what we can do to, you know, keep each team informed um, for SAC. And then I'm part of BSAA, um, Black Student Athlete Association. I'm the social chair member in that. And it's just, you know, just to create a safe place for athletes and Black student athletes for us to just mix and mingle and just create more family-oriented environment. And then I'm also part of student athlete leadership team, and I'm um, representative for my school where I talk to the the assistant um, Pac-12 commissioner and the Pac-12 commissioner. Has it seemed like like the Pac-12 commissioner at all has been willing to work with you with the movement, or has he seemed pretty, I guess, distant with you on that sense? Um, he's been pretty distant with us because you know it's threatening the system. You know, we threaten. With our movement, how it's so broad, there was no plan in place. So when we came out with this unity movement, we really, you know, um, really basically put the Pac-12 on blast in a sense because there was no safety protocols in place that ensure we'd be safe. So they have to scatter and, you know, create um, protocols for players who do opt out. Are they going to keep their scholarship? And then they just came out with that whole eligibility. So it's been a lot of wins that we've had with creating this movement and changes that have been made, but also there's many more that we're shooting for too. And uh, let's get into the yeah the specifics for those goals here. Um, well, first I want to ask, are you pretty you're are you directly involved in this organization? Yeah, yeah, I'm one of the leaders in uh, the We Are United movement. All right, so uh, what I was curious about is that uh for the um, COVID nineteen protections, right? I know that uh the Someone in the Pac-12 leadership said that they already um, were going to give eligibility and that there were no liability, um, what do you call it? You didn't have to sign up. No liability waivers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what the Pac-12 came out and said. It was just that we we heard that there had been waivers signed, but we never did, you know, actually know for sure if that was because, I mean, they put a lot of papers in front of us and we all had to sign this, so we really didn't know at the time. But with Larry Scott coming out and saying there were no liability waivers that were signed, it definitely, you know, comforted us because it'd be crazy if they had us. If they basically had to sign those waivers, they would not be responsible for players who had co- uh, corona, and that's sad within itself, so. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like there's a lot of miscommunication going on. I know, Yeah. It is. <laughs> Which is uh, insane, especially in the social media world we live in. But uh, I guess that's how it is. Yeah. And I mean, I think it just messed up as well that, like, obviously the virus is a very serious thing and stuff. And that, exactly. you know, schools are honestly kind of just looking at you guys, like, I guess, ex- expendable. Is what it's mm-hmm. kind of seeming like. Like they don't really care about the well-being of their athletes and stuff, as long as they get the money out of you guys in your name. Exactly, and that's what it showed. Especially like it was a huge slap in the face to my coaches when the Pac-12 canceled the season. Because with that, 
it showed that this stuff wasn't safe to begin with and they could have easily canceled it before we all got back here and they told us to get back on campus. And also it was another slap in the face to my school because you cut me, dismissed me or released me for a season that we're not even going to have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, it it's, it's really pointless. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So how did you feel as soon as the uh, news dropped that the, they were canceling the season, um, given your situation? I mean, I was happy because with that, and when they promised uh, players eligibility, you know, it was it was a huge win because that should have already been in place. Like that just goes to show that they did not care about our health and safety, and they was just wanted to make their money with no real plan in place. And you know, it was just sad for dudes who are seniors. They'll play a couple games and then they'll just be gone. Like you can't do that to athletes, especially during the pandemic. Like this is nothing we've seen before. This is not normal at all. So to not consider our health and not give us eligibility, that would be so bad on their end. Next, I wanted to get into the um, uh, second portion of the uh, movement, which is protect all sports. And uh, I want you guys want to make sure that none of the programs are getting cut. So like I know Stanford Ray cut some programs. And you guys want to uh, get the coaches and administrators to uh, reduce the salary because they're uh, making crazy money for um, uh, coaching so-called uh, amateur athletes, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, my take on – yeah, oh, my bad. You can keep going. My take on that is, like, as an athlete and just working with um, National Collegiate Player Association, Mogi Huma, we've had lawyers on our side who've, like, given us the – uh, statistics on how much you know we're worth um, for a year and how much we should be making by the time we leave here. So just seeing those numbers is it's so mind-boggling how so much money is involved. And for Stanford to say that they wouldn't have enough money to afford all those other sports, I think is a bunch of baloney because NCAA doesn't pay any taxes. Um, it's a nonprofit, and they've been in existence for so long. Yeah, it's a nonprofit. And they don't pay any taxes. So all the money that they get is dispersed between each uh, conference. And it goes straight to these universities. And they've been in existence for so long. All their money is just kept. And that, and that's just off of, you know, deals with sports in each sport. Just imagine how much the school makes, too, with endowments from those universities, all the boosters that they put into the, to the money and stuff, and alumni. Like, it's so much money that is involved. And they try to hide that from athletes and make it seem like they wouldn't be able to afford for all that stuff. Yeah, and I mean, for me, because I never really did football too much. I was uh, wrestling and track mainly through high yeah. school. And so I I appreciate that you guys are also looking out for the smaller sports because, like, even high schools are kind of plagued with the issue of, you know, football and basketball get a lot of the funding, which makes sure. sense that they make the money. But, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, we kind of get the short end of the stick when, you know, funding cuts come around because we don't get the same support as football and basketball so i do appreciate that you guys are trying to keep those sports in while yeah. still trying you know to make it fair for uh student athletes through college yeah and we hated that we couldn't you know involve other sports it was just that with football we make we generate so much money for all the other sports it was just like if we do this with football and in the pac-12 it will obviously you know be easy to you know join and get other uh, athletes in different sports to join our movement too. Once we get, you know, the big money maker out the way. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the uh, massive endowments. 
that you mentioned earlier. So, because um, the colleges have been talking about how I read in the Seattle Times today they're not going to have enough money for the uh, football season. They're asking people to uh, donate by purchasing uh, season tickets for the next uh, couple of years and stuff like that. But then on the article for the uh, We Are United movement, right, you put out that Stanford has $27.7 billion in endowments. And, uh, you know, anybody can kind of see there's a there's a contradiction going on here. Definite disconnect and uh, things aren't lining up. You know? <laughs> can you speak to that? So basically what they're trying to do is not touch their pockets and get everybody to donate to them. That's what I'm hearing. And what's crazy is when the Pac-12 did say they were considering canceling the season, they already had a fund, well, a loan, you know, made for if the se- for if the season is canceled so they can be able to, you know, pay for the coaches' salaries and all the other, you know, um, coaches who are within different sports. So it's just crazy how they already have this money already, you know, in place, even if there was a season or not, but they kept that in-house and quiet. Yeah, man, that's um, that's a pretty startling figure just to think about, to try to wrap in your head around, and it just doesn't make sense, you know. But I mean, it, it's startling too in the fact that like you look at Stanford and they cut. It wasn't like one or two; they cut eleven of their sports teams, but they have that much money in their coffers. Yeah, like, they can't hold it out for a year. I know. You know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of goes to show that, like, I don't know, like. Even though they're running it like a business, right? But at the same time, you guys are uh, amateur athletes, you know? Quote, unquote, yeah, for sure. For sure. It definitely is a mixed message. I was reading that uh, the whole reason the whole term student athlete, you know, came around and it was used is because some athlete had some kind of tragic accident. Yeah, who died playing. Yeah, Yeah, and they're just trying to get off off the hook by calling him a student athlete. Exactly. That's how that whole student athlete um, was formed and coined. So it's terrible. It's really terrible. That's what's so great about this movement is that uh, you guys are bringing awareness to that because, you know, like we've been, you know, growing up, we just watch football and like don't think anything is different than nothing wrong with the system in place. Exactly. Yeah. And for so long, athletes have been taught to just shut up and play. And like even now with me doing this, I've gotten so many so much backlash but at the same time i know what i'm what i'm doing and what i'm standing up for and i've also got a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people support me it's just funny how people have an opinion and give you backlash but hasn't even went through collegiate sports or even played at all so it's just ironic yeah for sure man but like uh you know just in general right if someone's gonna just we can, you know, at least have a formative discussion. For sure, you know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or just get to know me. Yeah, or just get to know me because a lot of them don't even know me. And they say that I'm being selfish. <laughs> it's like, um, you know, if you remember right back when LeBron was told to, you know, shut up and dribble, right? It's kind of like just, just that's culminating into this whole thing. Yep. Where it's, you're more than athletes, right? It's a big change and um, it's really good that it's happening. But uh, let's move on to the third segment today. Um, Isaiah, you want to hit that? Yeah, so let's uh, get into some background here, just so like people can know more about you as well. Uh, you know. Yeah. Um. So you grew up in Texas, but how'd you end up playing for Washington State? Man, so my top three schools that I narrowed it down to was Nebraska, Iowa State, and Washington State. And yeah, with those schools, I already knew that I was going. I wasn't going to stay in Texas. 
even though I had a couple of Texas schools in Texas that offered me. I just wanted to get away. You know, I come from a big family. I got six other siblings. And so my two other brothers, they went to college in Texas. So for me, it was just like, I'm trying to see what's out there, you know, um, and just do something to where if my siblings felt comfortable with, they would, you know, go out and travel outside where we're from. So a lot went into that decision. And when I took my visit, it seemed really family-oriented, you know, and Coach Leach was my coach at the time. Um, he came to my house and just playing for him and knowing how much he threw the ball, it was like it was like wide receiver heaven at Washington <laughs> State. So it was it was a done deal for me. Did you uh well because I know Mike Leach is a pretty eccentric guy, you know. Mm, man, very, very eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> but uh what did you have any disagreements or was it pretty uh smooth sailing in regards to like football and stuff? It was smooth sailing when it came to football. I wish we didn't run the same plays every game. If he definitely would have changed it up a little bit more, we definitely would have been hard to mess with. But it's just that this past year, teams just started to drop eight on us. And, you know, with us passing the ball every time, that's that's what you do with a team that passes the ball. So I wish he could have mixed up its offense. But he's a mastermind coach. I don't have anything to say about Coach Leach. He, he knows this stuff. His offense is very fun to play in. It's like backyard football, and you just run into open grass. So I just love the simplicity of it. You didn't really have to think. All you did was just have to have fun and just play. <laughs> you guys had that, uh, what was it, uh, that comeback win against Oregon State last year? Oh, yeah. Man, that was fun. Man, that game was intense and cold, but it was fun, man. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to ask, Ben. Like, you came from Texas, right? So... And then you're playing in the Palouse. I've been down there in December sometimes. and Oh, my gosh. I, man, that snow, my, that was my first time seeing snow, that Washington game. I was like, wow. My freshman year when the Apple Cup was at uh, UW, I mean, no, at our place, that, man, that was terrible. <laughs> was that uh, Luke Falk's last year? No, that was uh, the year Gardner was here. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And we had the Apple Cup at our place. Yeah, the George Creek oh, game in the, in the snow. <laughs> and what's crazy, when we started the game, it was clear. Like, it was just raining a little bit. And then the second quarter came and just started pouring down snow. I bet you were happy to get that game done. Yes, I was, man. I was, I was freezing. Yeah, I bet. Because I, I got family in Texas, so I've been down there. Whole different world, okay. Heat wise, <laughs> yeah, Whole yeah, yeah. World. I mean, even in Nevada, I live in Reno, so I get a stupid amount of snow here in the winter. I hate it, yeah. I'm gonna be honest. It's nice for the first few days. Oh, geez, dude, it's just too cold. But Texas is too humid, though. I don't like how humid Texas is. Yeah, it is very humid, but I mean, at least we don't have bad winters. That's what I love about it. That is true, <laughs> yeah. Uh, real quick, we actually uh skipped some accidentally skipped some stuff on the Pac-12 movement that I want to get to real quick. Oh, okay, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I wanted to know so uh the racial injustice section. Yeah. So you were talking about the um the Black College Athlete Summit, the Civil Engagement Task Force, and then that two percent revenue for low income students. I'm just curious how you think that would um, re- revolutionize the path for athletes and uh, support for students. So with this whole We United movement, we looked at it as a civil rights movement as well, because 
you know, most of the athletes in college who play sports are, you know, black student athletes. Mm -hmm. And for us, it was just like, NCAA can't say they support these Black Lives Matter movement and these social justice issues and still uphold the most racial institution of them all, and that's exploitation of student-athletes and black student-athletes. And, you know, if athletes didn't get exploited, because I know a lot of black student-athletes, including me, come from poor economic, you know, neighborhoods and families and stuff, and we would create so much generational wealth if we got to, you know, make money off our name, image, and likeness, so... That's what we mean by stop the racial injustice and all that stuff. Like, we would create so much change for our families. Yeah, yeah. And um, with the, so one of the, I know the main image and likeness stuff has been in Congress. They're trying to pass it. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be passed in the next two or three years, so that's supposed to be good. Um, Yeah, I hope so, because we actually was on the phone, I want to say three days ago, with Senator Cory Booker, so... It's just interesting to see how much is riding on this election with things that will be passed and implemented. Yeah, you guys are really involved, really getting out there. I know. (laughs) (laughs) What I want to know, though, is I guess the most controversial piece of this that's been headlining everything is the 50% of the um, co-conference revenue. Yeah. So I read in the Seattle Times that they said that uh, $220,000 is the amount that each athlete, football and basketball, are making for each sport. From each, uh, yeah, and it's obviously way more than tuition, but they also were saying that because of the all other sports are not when making money other than football and uh, basketball, and a lot of that money goes to covering um, clubs and activities. So that fifty percent number is probably impossible. What's your uh, response to that? Yeah. Um. Well, for us. It was just like, since the pros do 50%, we were just like, we'll set that at the at the maximum of what we would get. But anything, you know, below that, that's, that'll, that's amazing, you know, that we'll get some type of percentage, whether it's 10%, 25%, 30%, or something. We just wanted to set a maximum and just have that number out there for what we should be getting. And then anything below that is what's doable for us and what we'll be satisfied with. Okay, okay. So it's not a set number. It's just no, it's not a set number. It's just that what that's what they do in the pros for um, athletes who aren't amateurs. You know. Yeah. Um. Let's see here. Let's see here. Give me one sec. One other thing, just from your experience, from people you played with in college, and from what you know, uh, why is guaranteed medical expense uh, coverage so important for uh, six years after uh, playing collegiate football? It's just very important because I know in the Pac-12, they guarantee four years after we're done playing. And six years after we're done playing is just a number that, you know, we said because a lot can happen after six years. And, you know, a lot of us didn't even know that Pac-12 gave us four years of medical expenses uh, paid for. Because I know a lot of athletes and a lot of my teammates who didn't even get their expenses paid for after they were playing because they just didn't know about it. And it's just stuff that they don't tell us. They never told us that we get four years covered after we're done playing. We have to do the research on our own, and it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. If they yeah, really, really can, if they really care about the athletes like they say they do. Kind of like a, I don't know, bare minimum, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Isaiah, do you have anything else you want to um, cover on Pac-12 Unity? Um. Yeah. Just I have like one longer question. Just one quick one. I'll go with the longer one real quick. Oh. So. Okay. I know most, like, for scholarships, right, it's kind of like high school. You got four years, and then, you know, you either go on to go pro or your football career is basically over. 
Um, mm-hmm. It says that you guys have mentioned doing six-year athletic scholarships for grad degrees, yep. like getting your master's and such, which I think is a great idea, especially as like higher degrees are becoming more prevalent in, I guess, Definitely. today's job sector. So I was wondering, like, um, would with the athletic scholarship, would you play for those extra two years or would that be part of the contract? Like it's still the typical four years, but you still get two years paid for afterwards. Um, I would say it's for, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that you want to play athletically. It can be your decision. It can be totally up to you, but it's definitely for, you know, just having those extra two years to get our degree and anything after that, if it's pursue our master's as well, because, during those four years, they say we are student first, but obviously our schedule is so built around our athletic, Sports. Yeah. you know, times and everything that we barely get a chance to really focus. And a lot of our majors, we can't do the majors that we want because it would inflict with our times, our practice, lifts, uh, meetings, and all that stuff. So there's just a lot that they that they tell us what majors to do. So it wouldn't inflict with our football time. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, like you said, that would go also towards uh, helping athletes bridge that uh, wealth gap. Uh, so that's everything on the serious topics right here. But I think uh, what you just said transitions perfectly right into some personal questions we have, which is uh, what's your schedule like, man? Because as a D1 athlete, I can uh, believe it's uh, pretty crazy. Well, as of now, it's been pretty, you know, chill since they did cancel the season. Um, right now, we're just moving to voluntary workouts. Um, that's really about it. But I can give you the schedule of what it's like when we are in season. So you wake up, 7 a.m. may have lifts. Um, then you got class from, like, you know, I had class at 10. So I started class at 10. We go to about 12. Um, have to get taped by 1. Have special teams meeting at one fifteen, um, and then have uh, position meetings at two. Um, sometimes it'd be team meetings in between that time, and then be on the field by three forty-five. Get done with practice around six. Hurry up and get dressed so you can get um, dinner in our cafeteria, and be out by seven. And I know for the freshmen, they got study hall from seven to nine. And so that's the schedule. Day. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> for what? For like five months? Yes. Five months? Yep. But it's a grind. Like, I, I love that grind. I love doing that stuff because it's just all a process. You know, I don't know. It's just something about it that I love. <laughs> yeah, that's, man, uh, that's why you're an athlete, man. But uh, do you feel the pressure during that time? Oh, not at all. Not at all. I really don't, I really don't consider, you know, playing sports pressure. You know, because at the end of the day, it's fun. Like, just being able to have your college paid for for a sport, it's, it's all fun, you know. And just, it's, it's bad if you put too much pressure into it because it, you know, it distracts you from playing and really performing like you should. And so, um, just going back a little bit, um, when did you know you could play D1 football? Like, I guess that and also what made you want to do football, I guess, in general and football in college. Man, just seeing my two older brothers, they were really well-known um, in high school, and they both went. My oldest brother played at Texas Tech, and then my second oldest brother, he played at a D2 school in Ohio. So just seeing them play football, I was like, man, I really want to play 
And so I always dreamed of playing D1. After my sophomore year, I got offers. And so that's when it really, you know, that's when I really knew I was like, okay, I got potential to, you know, really play D1 and put myself in a position to, you know, pursue my goal of playing at the level. That's cool. That's cool, man. Sophomore year, man. That's a, is that kind of early? I'm not sure. Um, yeah, that, that is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It is early. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> Typic- typically junior. And then if you're really late, <laughs> senior year is when you start getting. Yeah. Up. At least I know for my I sports, mean, it's typically the two years that you start getting people messaging yeah. you and stuff. Yeah, sure. For sure. So, I mean, I was blessed and fortunate for, you know, it's a workout like it did and have offers, you know, that early. So I never did take that for granted at all. You're popping off back in a sophomore year, catching all those touchdowns, one hand catches. Um, what I want to know though is what drives you though to keep improving, you know, and to get be at that high level? What keeps pushing you to wanting to be better and not just getting tired of the grind? Man, just I was always taught that there's somebody out there, you know, better than you, working harder than you, staying up when you sleep. So just always, you know, having that competitive spirit. And then obviously my faith in my family, that's what keeps me going because for me, um, there's always room for improvement. And the moment you get satis- satisfied or complacent, that's when somebody else can get ahead of you. So that's what I always think about. Do you have, um, I know you're a competitor, like you, uh, like you just said, but uh, do you have NFL plans or are you, is that too soon? Oh, most definitely. So for yeah. me, it's like, why not try to aim to, you know, put yourself in a position to go to the highest level, you know, just to see if you can reach it and play with the best. Yeah. Um, do you have a, or if you could go to any team, uh, what team would that be? Oh, most definitely Dallas Cowboys. Now, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fair. That's fair. Not not. Texans? How about them boys? No, not the Texans. I, oh, if I mean, Texans. I'm not picky at all, but I definitely gotta play with the <laughs> not picky, but America's team now. Oh, but, but you have got to Sean Watson. Then you're gonna be catching passes, going crazy. <laughs> true, true. You're absolutely right. Can't go wrong with that. Uh. Talking about the Texans, personally, because I'm curious, uh, how did you feel about the D-Hop trade earlier this year as a football fan? Man, very disappointed. Very disappointed. Like, come on, Texans. Why would you let go of D-Hop like that? I'm trying to figure out, like, what wide receiver did they trust to take over the number one job? Yeah, they got uh, Kenny Steele's right, and uh, Will Fuller. Yeah, so it's just, it's real shocking. And, I mean, I get, you know, it's a business, and they probably couldn't, you know, meet the meet the requirements and the money that he was, you know, owed. So I get it from that aspect. But at the same time, come on now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that, that crushed me, man. I couldn't believe that. I thought it was um, some kind of fake post, you know? You know how they do that? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was fake, too. I was like, there ain't no way. Come on now. This is... This is not, it's not real. And then when I saw Bleacher Report, because I found out my coach, you know, Coach Leach, he got offered the position at Mississippi State. So anything that comes from Bleacher Report, I believe it. You found out from <laughs> Bleacher Report? Yes, I found out on Twitter. Like, Coach Leach never did tell us. So when yeah. I got that notification that Coach Leach left, I was like, yeah, I'm believing Bleacher Report from this point <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, he was, he was signed up. He just signed out a contract, right? And then out of nowhere. Uh, no hard feelings there, though? 
Um, a little bit. I, a little bit. I was like, man, at least he at least could have told us. He at least could have told yeah. us, but at the same time, like it's it's a business, so I understand that. It's just sad that coaches can leave anytime they want to, but the collegiate student athletes can't do that at all. We got to sit out a year if we go from conference to conference, and it's just it's just terrible the way they do it and the dynamic between the coaches and the athletes when it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, for sure. Isaiah, you got any more questions? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously you're going to college and stuff as well. Um, like, So what's your major right now and goals outside of football? Like, you know, has it just been set on the NFL yeah. or have you ever thought about, you know, after college just doing, I guess, a normal type of oh, job in a way? Yeah. yeah, definitely. I mean, I know for a fact that I'm just not all football and I'm not just defined by football. It's just that for me, football has – you know, gave me so many opportunities that I wouldn't have if I didn't if I didn't play it because I knew that I couldn't, you know, afford college. I wouldn't be able to go to college if it wasn't for football. But my major is communications with a minor in human development. Um, I was a speaker. But with that, you got to at least can do something in order for people to listen to you. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like, what am I going to do? But with all this, with all this yeah. going on, it kind of opened up the door even more for that. So it's just funny, like, how God is, like, using me and aligning me with my purpose. But, you know, I want to be a motivational speaker. And I'm also, I cut hair for my team. So I'm, like, my team barber here. So I definitely want to own my own barbershop. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because them stipends, they don't, they don't do a lot <laughs> yeah. that we get. So it's good to make some extra change in my pocket. And then I also want to own my own ranch one day. Do you think you're going to stay up here in the Pacific Northwest or uh, move back to Texas? Eventually, for me, it's like wherever wherever God directs me, that's where I go. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not picky at all. I just want to travel the world and see as much as I can while I'm young. Get that barber thing. I'll fly up, man. <laughs> for sure, I got you. I'll I got you. <laughs> yeah, definitely, man. You got to hook us up. Hopefully, uh, this thing ends sooner rather than later. Yep. Um. So, what's it like playing the Pac-12, though? Man, it's amazing. Like, oh my gosh! Because growing up, I would see Oregon. You know, seeing all them unis, and it's just crazy, like, how I'm, I played against Oregon, played in that that stadium, and it's loud, but playing in Washington State, it's, it's real loud at Washington State. So you just playing against amazing competition, and, you know, just seeing the teams that I dreamed of, you know, playing for, being in high school and just in middle school, seeing all the dudes who came out of, um, out of you know, each of the teams that I'm playing with in my conference, it's truly a blessing, but, man, it's fun. like. USC, UCLA, Oregon, you know, the the name programs in our conference who generate all that money, it's, it's cool playing against all that tradition in history. Okay, okay, yeah. And what was your favorite school to play against? Oh, UW for sure. UW for sure. <laughs> oh, my gosh, we do. I remember this past year when we played, when we when it was like the fourth quarter, UW knew they was gonna win. They literally had a sign that said like over three thousand something days that the last time Washington State won the wow. <laughs> Apple Cup. Yeah. And they turned the number to the other number it was after they beat us and the crowd went crazy. I was like, Wow. <laughs> three thousand something days, that's terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Um, uh, coach, coach likes always been a trash talker and that stuff. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, we saw it. Hey, for what's worth, man. Uh, 
before you got there, but uh, when the Cougars won, <laughs> were one way I went away from that uh, college football playoffs, man, that was uh, rooting for them against UW. So. Yeah. Was <laughs> man. What was the biggest change for you coming out of high school, going into college football? The workouts, the workouts, the workout. Man, cause it's just that you think you knew how to live when you got to high school, but when you got to college and the strength conditioning coaches are cussing you out <laughs> and you got to really start from, we really just was doing the bar and I was tired and sore. We didn't even touch weights for like the first week and they taught us how to clean deadlift and all that stuff i was worn out man and the practices you know they're intense i mean you playing against dudes who were the man you know at their high school team so everybody's good you know so the competition was amazing the workouts were tough my freshman year but it's all it's all it's all through the process it's all part of the grind but that was my biggest adjustment that i had to adjust to yeah what about like competition and stuff was that still pretty similar to like um high school like did it feel the same um, yeah. or did it just feel so different no it i mean college is college is fast like it's it's much different from the pace of high school but at the same time like being in texas that really prepared me you know like big moments and big games really i'm really not starstruck about that because texas that's the mecca of yeah, all football all high, <laughs> all high school sports in general yeah man like we got high school football stadiums that's the same size as college football stadiums in Texas. Yeah. So that was nothing new yeah. to me. I gotta ask you, but uh, unrelated to football, but the rumor that they have uh, in high schools in Texas, they have uh, Chick Fil A and Burger King. Is that is that for real? Oh yeah, that's very true. Yep. Oh jeez. <laughs> How huge are your schools? Man, I remember um, when I was at McKinney Boyd my freshman sophomore year. Um, it was like 3,000 students in our high school. And Allen, Allen had like over six, I want to say 6,000. Yeah, so. yeah, I get starstruck by Vegas's high school, man. They don't even have a food <laughs> court. You got straight yeah. up Chick-fil-A. You guys are basically universities. <laughs> so um, moving on here, uh, Mike Leach is pretty notorious. So are, you got any funny stories you can share about him and how did your team get along with them as well? Man, uh, Coach Leach is, he's just a different type of person, man. I really can't, he's just different. Like, um, we probably got to censor this out, but the funniest memory I have, bro, was when it was like one of our scrimmages. And, you know, Mike Leach, he's old school. Like, we have a bubble, but we've never used it. Never. Never. Rain, sleet, snow, tornado storm. Uh, hell storm. We was outside practicing. Like he didn't care. And so this one practice, it was helling, raining. Receivers, you know, we all dropping passes. That man was like, "Receivers, take your gloves off." He made us take our gloves off, bro. All our hands was like frostbitten, bro. We we couldn't feel anything. Like it was it was terrible. And so after after our little scrimmage and our practice, he was like, "Receivers, you're f- all of you." <laughs> They're like, Coach, I can't call call, my hands. Called us, called us, and we caught 500 passes uh, in the middle, on the right side, on the left side, over our shoulder, on the left side, over our shoulder, the right side, bro. Oh, Each God. way. 
Yeah, that man was different, but hey, that's why during the game times, yeah, it was it was terrible. But we have to day off the next day. But that's why during the game times, like we we just whether it's cold in our games, it just didn't it didn't phase us at all because we was already practicing in that environment. Home field advantage. Yeah, for sure. But man, he was that man was intense for sure. And like this this past season, we didn't do too hot. And man, he had us rolling in the sand before every practice, bro. <laughs> oh, man, I hate rolling. Um, but how's quarantine been for you, like just in general? Like, I know you've been busy with this whole movement and trying to figure out what you're gonna do, but have you had time to pick anything up? Oh yeah, for sure. Just I mean, for me it's like if I don't come out with a new hobby and just using this time to really figure out more about myself, I definitely didn't use this quarantine to my advantage. Cause I feel like we won't get another opportunity like this ever. You know, this time is just really where you can reflect on yourself and see what you want to do outside of what you normally do, in a sense. So what hobbies did you do or uh, pick up? Um, I've been reading a lot more, man, because I am the slowest reader. It takes me a while to, <laughs> you know, process a bunch of things when I'm reading. But I, I've been reading a lot, drawing a lot. Um, it's not good, but you know, I've just been drawing. <laughs> you gotta start somewhere. It's all right. Yeah, for sure. I'm still doing stick figures, so <laughs> you uh you gotta go check out on our Instagram, man. We got our animations out there. We're learning. <laughs> man, I mean, we'll feature you. If you wanna do something, we'll feature you. Oh, and then I started anime this quarantine and man, anime is amazing. <laughs> I'm not even watching you. I I finished Hunter Hunter. I'm watching Seven oh, Deadly Sins. Dude. Hunter Hunter, man. Ooh, I love it. Man, I'm I was I was like, what have I been doing my whole life? <laughs> I ain't been watching anime. My parents used to didn't allow me to watch anime growing up, so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna try it out, and man, it was really good. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool, man. But um, last question I got for you. That I know you're a basketball fan as well. Uh, so you caught the the uh, Portland Grizzlies game yesterday? Yes, yes, I did. That was intense. Mellow hitting that clutch three at the end, calling game. <laughs> now for the past. Um, yep. How do you feel about uh Portland versus Lakers, man? Um, I know the Lakers are going to win, but at the same time, like I love watching Portland. Dame is like one of my favorite players. He's the best PG in the game, in my opinion. But I just wish they had more weapons so they can really compete and showcase how good they are. But, man, I love watching Portland. Like, they they have some dudes on that team who they never – nobody would have ever expected for them to be that good. Like, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, uh, Nurkic. Like, it's just – yeah, it's just a lot of dudes who – Gary Trent Jr., right? Yeah, yeah. Gary Trent is cold, man. I remember watching him at Duke. So – yeah, I love that team. I like how they play. They they just don't care. Like they just get it in, you know, play with some enthusiasm and heart. They're not soft. Who's your who's your who's your team for the playoffs though? Is it the Mavs? I just man, um, we terrible. The Mavs are terrible. I'm a I'm a Mavs fan. You know, I like to rep my Dallas Mavericks, but it's just that we just need more weapons. Luca is that man on our team. Man, is that man? We just need more weapons. Just give us a couple more years. We just need Dirk back, to be honest. <laughs> we just need Dirk. But I feel like I feel like the Lakers, you know, 
got all the motivation to do it just with everything that has transpired throughout this whole year. So I feel like LeBron can get him another ring. Is that the team you're repping then for the playoff? I just love watching the game. Like, I just love basketball because I used to, yeah, I used to play basketball in high school and had a couple offers coming out. So, man, I, I love playing. I love watching it. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. Who's your favorite player right now? Ooh, Dame. Damian Lillard. Can't go wrong with that. D-Book 2, though? Oh, my gosh. Devin Booker. That's a walking Bukito right there. That's <laughs> that's D-Book some serious. <laughs> That dude's underrated, man. Like, even with everything he's been doing. Very. It's just that he's on a bad team, so that's why. But nobody – I never expected him to go 8-0 in the bubble. Yeah. It is crazy. It's it's a shame, though, man. It's a shame that after all they did, man, they can't, they're not going to the playoffs. <laughs> I know. I know. You know, like, switch him over to the East Conference or something. For sure. They definitely need to do that because the West is just too stacked. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's going to be an exciting playoffs. Hopefully you have time to catch up on that, watch some basketball, watch some uh, NFL football. Uh, Seahawks are, I mean, you're a Cowboys fan, but you got Zeke and um, Cooper. And- oh, for sure, Cowboys fan. But, man, I thought we was going to get Jamal Adams, but <laughs> y'all got him. Yeah, yeah, but you just got Everson Griffin, man. Who? No, okay, I'm just <laughs> No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But, man, I really did think they was going to bring Jamal back home to Texas, but. Seattle got him, so I'm looking forward to seeing him, you know, do his thing and for Seattle to get back, you know, competing for a Super Bowl. Yeah, man. Hey, guy in our last episode, he, he called it. He said he's going to get a forehead, uh, forehead tattoo, man, right on his forehead. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, Seattle Super Bowl 2021. 2021. <laughs> um, Isaiah, you got anything else you want to add just uh, before we end it? Uh, yeah, so just, like, one last question from me, just because – you know, I, I, for me, I wanted to do college sports as well. It just didn't yeah. go the way I wanted it to, especially with, you know, COVID and stuff. Yeah. I wanted to go D2, D1 just because I wanted to go to a good university as well, not just for the sport. For sure. Yeah. But um, I was wondering in general, like, had, let's say you didn't get any D1 or D2 offers, like, had you gotten a D3 offer or something like that, do you think you still would have taken it? Or do you think you just would have, I guess, tried to go to a school that was um academically yeah. better um well if i because d3 they don't really give out you know offers you know so i would be i feel like i'd be have to pay out of pocket and for my family situation if i didn't have a scholarship i would not be going to college at all i'm just keeping a whole 98 plus two with you like yeah it'd be it'd be a done deal i would not be i'd be doing construction and just working if I didn't have football and got a scholarship. I like that. Is that somebody's dog? Is that somebody's yeah, dog? Yeah, man. I'm sorry. My roommate's dog. No, you probably lost. No, all good. I'm like, I, I, I know I'm not here. I keep stuff. muting myself. I keep muting myself because they won't stop. My roommate just left. So they just keep No, going. it's all good. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. That's, uh, that's everything from me, uh, from Isaiah. I like that expression, man, though. 98 plus 2. Going to have to use it. Yeah, please do, bro. I, it's just something that... It, Sometimes I just do other numbers, 77 plus 23, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. Um, next level. But uh, 
you uh, want to hit us with uh, some advice to extend it? Man, I was not expecting for y'all to be in high school, but that's really cool that y'all starting this. Like, y'all should definitely, you know, use y'all voice and platform to do that in college. Like, you're going to make so much connections, bro. Like, y'all just continue to do that when y'all in college because college is a fun time. Like, just stay true to who you are. Don't try to fit in, you know. Because, um, yeah, life is too short. You know, it's not pro. That's what I learned with my teammate passing away this past year. So I would just say have fun, but be smart smart about it and just stay true to you. Yeah, man, that's that's good. Thank you. Um, really solid advice. But um, so that wraps it up for us. Juan, again, thank you so much for uh, some taking your time out of your schedule. I know you've been pretty busy, probably had a really hectic couple of past weeks. And um, you're a great guy. So. And uh, Justin, yeah. one last thing: How would we? How would someone go about supporting uh, Pac-12 Unity Movement? Like donations, anything like that? Um, I would just say follow the Pac-12 Unity page. Um, I think there should be some merchandise coming soon. Um, to follow the movement. Yeah, that's really about it. And uh, you got your hashtag going right for awareness for you. Oh yeah, my family started that called Woods Impact, and also. Uh, be great. My brother has his clothing line. Y'all can follow that and just, you know, um, buy any merchandise that y'all want because he makes shirts. And I know a lot of my teammates and people across other conferences have been buying it as well. So, I mean, it's cool that I never knew how much attention I really got because I don't have cable and I don't be on my, I don't be on social media like that. Like I deleted Snapchat when all this stuff came out. So, but yeah, um, it's it's just crazy how much attention this has gotten. And yeah, just, you know, y'all can follow my brother's um, clothing company, Be Great, because I think he's going to co-join that with Woods Impact. So let's look out for that. That's what I say. We will definitely look out and promote that. Once again, thanks so much, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you, Connor and Isaiah. Thank you all so much. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Sorry for not having a game show on this episode. We just figured since it's a little bit longer and a little bit more of a controversial episode that we would leave it with a more serious tone than just a game show. I mean, we had some comedy and light stuff at the start, but we figured we'd end it on the note that we ended it with on the interview. So we hope you guys enjoy as well as the closing. I'm going to give it to your main host, Connor, now. interview was that one saying that a lot of these student athletes are coming from poor economic backgrounds he said he wouldn't be going to college if not for the football scholarship right and that is the correct. point here that he adds on is that during those four years they say that they're students first but their schedules are built around athletic events they're told what majors to do what classes to pick to make it fit for their schedule so if you're saying that they are earning their wealth back through their degree and just going to college for free which I mean that's a pretty hefty fee for um, people in general, right? It's expensive. If you look tuition rates out of state, 60K a year, it's insane. But if we're saying that, we need to also be ensuring that these athletes are actually getting a degree that they can use to take their life, generate a good job, and have a future. Because if you're just getting a major that the football team's telling you to, and it's like an easy major that's not going to really get you a job, you know, you need that master's degree at least to push forward and um, make sure you have a future after football because he said 98% of these guys aren't moving on to the NFL and they're not getting those paydays. So what do they do from then, you know? Anyways, 
to end this on a lighter note, we got um, our random philosophical question of the day. Uh, philosophy's light, right? Um, like, uh, I wouldn't say that, but let's just go with it. Number 159 chosen by Isaiah. You know, I'm getting all these podcast mic ads right now. Because, yo, to our fans, <laughs> we're buying podcast mics. We're getting some high-tech stuff, so keep supporting. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, all these ads. Um, question 159, courtesy of Isaiah. Is it more or less difficult to be successful in the modern age than it was in the past 50 years? Am I supposed to answer that? Yeah, you are. Shit. Mm, I'd say I think it's harder now in the sense that more things have been discovered, so there's less things for you to discover. So, like, 50 years ago, right, like, there wasn't, like, the internet wasn't a thing yet. Computers were just kind of coming all around. So, like, had you gotten into that at the time, you could have been, you know, like, the next Bill Gates. But I guess I'm saying that from the future point of view, because I guess it's also a lot easier to look back at the past and just be like, oh, yeah, obviously, if you went into computers, you'd be a billionaire now. But back then, you could have looked at computers and said, this isn't going anywhere. This is hula, you know. Next episode, I got this article from a guy in 2001 saying how the internet would disappear in two years and be obsolete. Really? People are not going to want to use it, man. Like, who wants to be on a screen typing stuff and looking stuff up when you got a library? <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm sure he feels like an idiot now. But that's what I mean. Like, you look at things in the past. Like, I, I can easily tell you now, well, oh, yeah, it'd be easier to be successful in the past because there's less stuff. But... I don't know. Uh, that's kind of like tough. Cause... It's um easier now to start stuff. Like if we want to start a business, right here, we started a podcast in the middle of a pandemic for, what is it, 17 bucks a month. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're learning mics are expensive, promotion is expensive, advertising, um, our Adobe stuff for, you know, graphics and stuff. That's extra cost, right? But like in the past, if you want to start a business, you got to have connections, you got to have funding. But Yeah, that, that's true. In the past, also, though, if you had those and you've had ability or you make an invention or something, the market was a lot less crowded and it was a lot easier to um, get in there, right? Because you don't have all these competing people who are in the area, you know? So, yeah, depending on where it is. And it probably was a lot easier to con people because you could go to, like, Florida and find the next best um, hand cream and then bring it up to Washington and market it as your own and, like, upsell it 200%. That's true. Yeah, but, um, yeah, that's our philosophy question of the week. Well, uh, we should keep doing this, I guess. Yeah, sure, we'll keep doing it, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to say, Isaiah? Uh, I think that I think that settles everything, man. All right, everybody, please like on Insta, follow us on Twitter at the Sports Needle, like our Facebook and stuff. We're going to try to use that. Our Facebook is kind of terrible right now but if you'd follow it it won't be um hit up <laughs> apple podcast or itunes please leave us five star reviews and ratings that saves us a lot of money in advertising and it just gets our podcast out there it keeps us motivated also just seeing people who like actually care what we're doing you know it's kind of cool um with that said uh yeah we're done peace out tune in next week or however long it is so our next episode with zach scott sounders mr sounder yeah all right. Hey, you want you want to do it? You want to do a beat? 
I don't know, man. I'm kind of embarrassed still after the last beat animation. I'm gonna be honest with you. We're gonna cover up with a nice touch of that. No. All right. I, th I thought we had the new outro. No, no, we do. Shut we do. up. On top of that. Oh, shout, shout out Brayden Ross, man. Brayden Ross on the intro and outro, boys. And girls, follow him on Insta, IG, Brayden Ross Music. Follow him on TikTok, Brayden Ross Music. Follow him on SoundCloud, Brayden Ross Music. Follow him on Spotify, Brayden Ross. Music. Sports Needle. Let's go, boys!